0: All right, we are rolling, Mm -hmm. counting us down, Mm -hmm. three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with
1: Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, books, spoken word experiences, things that have built us up as people. We share them with each other. We share it with you, the audience, in hopes that it builds you as it has done us. We are the retrospective that is introspective.
1: Very nice. See, I felt so good during that. Like, I felt like I was in such good hands that I checked out completely. As you should. For a second. That's how it works, that's, you know? That's what I bring to the table. I
0: lull you into a <laughs> false sense of security.
1: I was. I was so trusting that yeah. everything was going to be okay.
0: Yeah, check your pockets. Your wallet's gone. Oh, shit. Yep. Looks like it's pizza on Lex tonight. <laughs> how? My wallet's gone. You know where it is. You. You know exactly where it is. Oh, that's gross. I keep it warm between my butt cheeks.
1: That's wow. <laughs> you just we we just tripled down on it.
0: I did, yeah. All right. Um <laughs> Lexus we're gonna move the fuck on now. <laughs> Um, so this week we're talking about the uh, 2007 miniseries based off of the 2002 manga um, called Afro Samurai, the American version starring uh, Samuel L. Jackson as the Afro Samurai, Ron Perlman as the gunman, and then a series of other prominent voice actors you've heard throughout your lives, um, like Phil Lamar and... Um, John, oh him, love yeah. his work. Bender, is John DiMaggio, D- John DiMaggio, um, and uh, a bunch of people. But yeah, uh, and so if I'm going to pitch
1: this miniseries, I, I just heard the like sword sound, like k- as you as you launched yeah. into that.
0: I mean, I like to imagine it, um, and this is a reference that you don't understand it now, but you may get one day when i present uh fate 0 to you um where gilgamesh is a character based on the old uh, ancient gilgamesh he um creates a wall of different portals and each one of them has a sword and all the sword or swords fly at his enemies um so i imagine that whenever i do the pitch got it the pitch cuz i'm i'm p- throwing these these ideas and these swords at you um anyways you're right i don't get it no, not yet. I have only a marginal understanding of the words that you're using. Right. Well, you will. I, I imagine one day I'll be like, we're doing Fate Zero. And then you watch it and you'll be like, oh, that time we did Afro Samurai. I understand. Wakarimashita. That's exactly what I'll say. Yeah. I'm not going to remember that. You will. I'm
1: not going to remember.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't. What are we talking about? We're talking about. Afro Samurai. Uh, So I brought this to Lex Michael because it was something that I really enjoyed. Um, It was for, for, for most people, I feel like this was their first like R rated anime. Um, It's also like, uh, I believe it is American made. It's made by a company called uh, Gonzo Productions. Um, And uh, it was, uh, originally aired on Spike TV with a, a little bit less of a viol, a little less violence, a little less sex, a little less language. Um, but I feel like this was a lot of people's first R-rated anime, and this was this was the first time I had seen an anime that specifically kind of caters to me in that it is about a uh, a black. Not like caricaturistically drawn character with a full storyline that you and he has a full arc and people he interacts with, and, and it uh also has amazing, uh, amazing art style. It is so fluid, and also I feel like uh Samuel Jackson was giving his all in this performance because the main character of uh Afro doesn't talk much every he'll just say like a couple words here and there very much like a samurai jack kind of character where he's very stoic but then you also have ninja ninja who is his like companion who is very like loud and in your face and smack talking and things of that sort which is also played by samuel jackson and i don't think i've ever seen him do a character that is this like big um which i really enjoyed
1: uh, I mean, Sam Jackson does big pretty consistently.
0: Well, he does big, but it's usually like mad big where he's angry big yeah, and not like excited big. where he's just like yelling motherfucker at people. Right. But this time he got to be like almost whimsical.
1: He, he does this thing when he does voiceover work. Uh, there's a, it's a little bit more subtle, but it's similar in The Incredibles also, where he pitches himself up a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, you don't, I don't recall seeing him play in that register when you actually see him on screen but some of the voiceover stuff he does yeah he pitches himself up and right you go but like this to a far greater degree mm-hmm. than than what i've heard before certainly
0: yeah and um so for people who are unfamiliar with uh afro samurai the manga or the anime um uh it, it was created by takashi Ozaki, ozakai uh takashi Ozu-oka- okazaki love his words. Takashi Okazaki. I'm bad with names, guys. I'm really bad. Takashi Okazaki. It's pronounced Pff. <laughs> It's a callback. Ew, man. To yesterday's
1: episode. Hell Missing yeah. out Monday. <laughs> Poikin and Dynamics searching for Bohemia. Check it out, like, subscribe, give us five stars. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, he is, uh, he originally started just he he really liked hip hop and um started his career just like drawing the black figure um and as he started moving into more manga he 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 essentially self-produced this uh this his i think it's like four volumes um set of the afro samurai um and then later was approached to create the anime for it and so then that became what we took in um I thought about making you read the manga, but I was like, "Nah, I'll just have you." He hates um, books.
1: <laughs> yep, I he hate hates it. pictures that
0: don't move.
1: <laughs> You're right. the
0: The illusion of movement is not enough. <laughs> yeah, I keep flipping pages back and forth, thinking it'll be like animation, but it's not. This flip it book never is, is bullshit. <laughs> what did you pay for this? Um, but I wanted you to experience the, the fluidity of the animation, and I don't think I've had you watch a more R-rated uh, anime yet. I've had you watch uh, psychedelic uh, shows. I've had you watch like somewhat like gory anime, but I don't think I've had you watch like a full R-rated for mature audience version. And I thought that this was the best one that didn't involve rape. So okay, um, good, better. Yeah, I appreciate.
1: I yeah, appreciate that we, that, we like, chose to
0: start in a rape-free zone. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a thing that happens, especially in like feudal era. Like as we we were talking about samurai shampoo, and uh, Fu got thrown into that brothel, and there was a very big implication of that kind of thing. So sometimes when you get to like the more uh, individually produced stuff. Um, or even some older stuff. It get They're like, yeah, this is just in this. Um, and it's not necessary and I don't like it. So I thought I'd start with something where you got some nice, sweet, hot, consensual sex. I sure did. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> um, I also felt like this would really appeal to your sensibilities in that I felt like it was very accessible. And also it had that sweet, sweet, gory violence that you love. That brings that's, that's my laughter. whole brand is yeah.
1: love sweet sweet gory violence. No, I know what you mean though. Yes, we've we've established on this show and in our lives that uh, extremities are a big thing, a big driver of my sense of humor. So yeah, that's why I love, you know, that's why I love slasher movies. You yeah. know, like Chucky's that boy. I just watched all the Chucky movies again. They're dope. Um, but it's so ridiculously over the top, cartoony violence so extreme and for a lot of people it's like why would i watch that i know exactly why i would watch that it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and fun and funny so yes in in that in that sense you're right it would definitely definitely seem to be
0: up my alley yeah bro it's your jam it's yo jam speaking of music um the music was also created by the rizza um who is a giant anime fan Um, He also did Man with the Iron Fist, Mm -hmm. um, which was, as you might imagine, inspired by Japanese animation, Um, which I think it's also a manga. I don't remember. Um, But yeah, so I was glad to see him on the project as well. He's dope. And the music was dope. Indeed. Um, What did you think as first impressions?
1: Okay, so uh, let me start by saying it has become very clear to me that I am never going to be an anime person. Um, yeah, no, you're a human being. You're not animated. <laughs> um, no, but it's just like I, we've talked about it over and over. and like I, I've found ways into all of the different ones that you and I have talked about, but I always feel like I can't get closer yeah. to it than about a mile away. Interesting. I just feel like for whatever reason, I don't know how to describe it. Uh the barrier for entry feels so thick for me. And and we've talked before about how it could one hundred percent be in my approach right. to it. Um I might be, I, I might be locked into looking at it a certain way, and it's impeding my ability to connect with it in general. Okay, uh, I'm not sure, but I've come I've come around to accepting I'm never really gonna be an anime person. Interesting. Having said that, yeah, I found this accessible as fuck, and I had a really good time with it. Um, all. I, I, If, if there's more anime like this, that isn't super rapey, this seems like maybe as close as I'm going to get to being super into it. Okay. Um, it's, it's fun. The story is compelling. The characters are are really interesting and unique. The performances, as you were talking about, I mean, Sam Jackson alone, the juxtaposition of those two characters and those the two very different levels of performance, the fluidity, the action sequences. Yes, the extreme shit, like the gore. Uh, we get a super weird, softcore anime porn scene yeah. uh, in the middle of that thing. Uh-huh. Uh, all that we're missing were tentacles. Um, nah,
0: Dude, tentacles Dude, what this? is it about hold on tentacles this and erotica sex scene um we can get, we can talk on that in a little bit but um <laughs> it's because it could touch all over and shit yeah. it's got little suction cups um we uh this scene reminded me i think we were talking about another movie i want to say it was like um soul food where there was another sex scene or it may have been no it was, um, Oh crap. What's the name of that movie that we watched about the four women set it off. It was set it off. Um, <laughs> had a sex scene that we were talking about how like it was juxtaposed with like, um, Jada Pinkett, char- Jada Pinkett's character having gross, uh, sad sex with that pastor and then having passionate sex with, um, the guy that she was interested in. Um, and how much, butt you could see, we talked about that a lot, but, um, I would say that this sex scene in uh in Afro Samurai is just about on par with that sex scene from Set it off. Same kind of music, same kind of angles. The only additional part is that you could see actual nipple boob. Indeed. Yeah. Nipple boob. nipple boob. Bloob? Nipple bloob. That's,
1: that's that sounds like it involves tentacles. Um
0: yeah. I mean, look, tentacles there, you know, there's a weird censorship in Japan where, like, even if you were to try to watch like pinna vaginal sex, they like blur out the naughty parts. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm and so, trying like, to see the line
1: from that to the tentacles. Um,
0: but like, you don't have to. You don't have to blur out the tentacles. But don't you still um, have
1: to blur out someone's parts?
0: Probably. I mean, I also feel like, you know, the tentacles. I'm sure that there's an actual like historical reason, which I don't remember what it is. Um, but it's, you know, there's a there's a, a sense of um well like dominance in 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 uh sex culture and in and, and like hentai and, and things of that sort, um, which is part of it. But also there's like a it's a very homogenous society. And so like if you could equate that to the idea of an alien coming in and and you know uh being dominant over your women you can you can really like trace that back to societal fears and 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 appeals yeah. you know what i'm saying there's something disturbing it's about there's all there's a of lot of things it's like you know it's it's a lot there's a lot to it um, but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about sweet sweet samurai revenge flicks yes um so what is
1: a g- layout if you will, the general plot of this thing?
0: Yeah. I'm going to drop down the spoiler wall because I just want to make sure that, um, if you haven't seen it, I mean, go refer to the last five, 10 minutes that we've been talking about, like what's great about it. The performances, the, the artwork, the, the storytelling, all that stuff. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. It's all, it's on the internet. Like Uh, And by that, I mean, it's, it's available, like you can definitely find it.
1: And it's only five 22 minute episodes. So by the time you're done with the entire thing, you've watched the equivalent of one feature.
0: Right, exactly. So uh, go check it out um, and then come back to this moment where we're about to talk spoilers. Um, So I'm I'm giving you a lot of room to, 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 to head on out and come back and in three, two, one spoilers start now. So. In this world, it's a more post-apocalyptic environment. You can tell because of the collection of ancient things and also modern technology like cell phones and and, um, like cyborgs and things of that sort. Um, In this world, there is a legend of two uh, headbands, the number one headband and the number two headband. Whoever has the number one headband can essentially, according to legend, become a god and can only be challenged by the person with the number two headband. And so the former owner of the number one headband was the father of Afro. And so Afro goes to this duel with his father, uh, and the number two headband belonged to the the gun the gunman, no, gunslinger, uh, who is voiced by Ron Perlman. And they have this duel where uh, essentially his dad brings a sword to a gunfight and is beheaded somehow. Uh, They don't show you how he's beheaded, but he's murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it begins the revenge quest by Afro, the Samuel L. Jackson character, um, to not only find the number two headband after it is taken from him by bandits, but also um, to make his way to the summit where the number one headband person will be. Also, too, uh, as you say, the person with the number one headband
1: can only be challenged by the person with number two, but the person with number two can be challenged
0: essentially by anybody. Yeah.
1: So the person with the number two headband has people trying to kill him constantly, essentially. Right.
0: And so um, it creates this crazy dynamic where everyone is constantly challenging in the in the present it, they're always challenging um the samurai and in the past it's his journey to figure out if he wants to pursue the headband in his revenge or if he wants to live in harmony with his found family and so those two things eventually come head come to a head and meet each other head on and then you get real tragedy by episode five um yes
1: i i i'm very much of the opinion that we do not have enough stories about uh headwear fixated violence (laughs) not enough stories about people killing each other over hats helmets headbands what have you yeah glad to see afro samurai leading the way Mm -hmm. Uh, really breaking it came out in 2007 so like really like they got on it first. This is gonna be the next thing. Yeah. Like after after superhero movies, after that massive wave starts to die down, like it does with every massively popular genre. The next one, mark my words, is gonna be hat
0: violence. I mean, we have a bit of hat violence, hashtag MAGA. Um oh, so that's no. a so that's a thing. What? You're right. What's wrong? Oh, it's bad yeah, now. Yeah. It's there. Oh, it's bad oh, now. Man. You made it bad. <laughs> it was I'm a, just Good
1: hat violence thing and you made it a bad hat violence thing. <laughs> would you say you would tip my hat to me? Tip your, hat. your hat? That would tip, be tip my hat. An invasion of your personal space. But
0: that's the violence. <laughs> There's where the violence comes in. I shove you. <laughs> um, oh man. Um so yeah, and so we have this so the first episode I feel is very like piloty. It gets you familiar with who the characters are and why they're doing what they're doing and it also fills in information about the world so we get this this bar scene after like uh afro has killed a bunch of people who challenged him um and one of my favorite parts about the initial opening is that like these guys are confronting afro um uh, this is after we get the the flashback of his dad dying um and these guys are like we're gonna kill you we're gonna take that headband some people have paid us a bunch of money to kick that headband and then he like slaughters most of them and the last guy he's like why you gotta kill us man why you gotta do this we didn't we didn't we just get we're just doing a job why you gotta kill us don't kill me come on it's like bro you can't you can't come up to someone and be like, I'm gonna fuck you up and then they like beat you up and you're like, Yo, why do you do that? No, that's not how it works. really did
1: not anticipate their blocking <laughs> call to be fair there were a bunch of them right like the odds of that one dude being that good at killing people were relatively minimal i would assume yeah you know so they were probably they probably really did have no level of anticipation that such a thing could happen yeah let alone would so i imagine that dude was yeah i'd probably be the same i'd be like well there was a uh, uh, clearly a non-zero chance of this happening but we didn't know that (laughs) can i leave yeah if i had known i wouldn't have fucked with you I mean, I see now the error of my ways. <laughs> I'm ready to go home and rethink my life.
0: Uh, if home is to your maker, because because they're all dead now because they're all dead they're all now. dead. No mercy. Um, But after that, we get this really fun like it very much had a, a Samurai Jack feel to it. When we get to the bar and there's all these people being like, yo, what are we here? This is the number two headbands around here. And they're all talking about the legend of the headband and why it's there. And um, one uh, assassin is really interested in it. Uh, And then we get the scene where Samurai walks in. He asks for one lemonade. Um, And then everyone tries to beat him up and he just fucks him up so good. Sidebar, you know, I've never seen Samurai Jack. Oh, dude. Okay. Yeah. We gotta watch that.
1: I know. I know it's uh, gonna happen. And it's it's an I ex- everybody who's I know that's ever seen that show is like, oh, it's the best thing. It's so good. It's it's one of those things that is just, just so good. How good is it so good? Alright, that's not informative.
0: <laughs> um it's it's great because it uh did you you watch the Clone Wars series, right? Yeah, I've the watched a one? lot of it.
1: The well the I watched the CG one, and I saw
0: the the Tarkovsky one. Yeah, um,
1: long time ago.
0: Right. So it's it's Samurai Jack is Tarkovsky. So it's it's a lot of uh, in the same way that uh, that Clone Wars was. It's not a lot of talking. It's a lot of action, and it's very much like visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and I think that that is the big appeal is that you understand the plight of the, the main character. Um, but you also just get immersed in the world that's being created um sort of like in in afro samurai mm. in that they establish this world that has these rules about these ancient headbands, but also as you're walking through it, like there's a very much a feeling of uh a long standing society that's been created and and people who live here who um probably at once lived in a civilized society. Now it's become super lawless. Mm -hmm. Um, So Samurai Jack is great. Afro Samurai is also great. And I feel like you can feel the overlap. Okay. Like a little bit. Um, Eventually
1: I'll have a frame of reference for that. Right.
0: Um, And I think it's because of the, and not to say that uh, I'm sure that people are getting their typey fingers Ready, being like, you the samurai, samurai didn't take over samurai jack. What I'm saying is that, like, there are very specific samurai tropes that people follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can feel the overlap, especially when you have a samurai with, with like, uh, Bushido sensibilities in a postmodern uh post-apocalyptic setting mm-hmm. you're always going to have a lot of the same tropes in that like they always go in and they they order something and then people give them guff and then they like lay waste to them you see it in everything right like it you was see also, it in
1: westerns all the time also.
0: right and and a lot of samurai um content has western sensibilities mm-hmm. um because of the influence of western Influence of Westerns on Japanese cinema. And
1: and it's really easy to uh, just map the mythological idea of the lone gunslinger onto, say, a ronin who's walking the earth.
0: Exactly. That's why you get things like Rurouni Kenshin, which is just that. Someone who was formerly an assassin who is now wandering, trying to do good. Well, that's
1: also how, uh, in the other direction, you get Sergio Leone able to remake Yojimbo as a Western without having to do much of anything. Right. Though, though that undersells how great A Fistful of Dollars is. <laughs> at some point, no, at some point I'm going to make you watch probably the whole Man With No Name trilogy, okay? which is A uh, Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. It's yeah. also pretty long. So that'll okay. be like when you've got over three hours to burn in a day, you let me know and I'll make you watch it. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I agree. Like it's super easy to map it one-to-one and I think that that's what makes it really um, accessible. Um, And so this specific story is very much a revenge quest where you have a guy who has to decide if he's going to maintain his humanity or he's going to just become a singular, a single-minded entity who is hell-bent on revenge. Um, and I love the way that the story plays out because you start off knowing almost nothing about this character. You understand why he wants revenge, um, even though, like... And they, they essentially establish it from the very beginning that it's not necessarily the path he has to take. Mm-hmm. I really loved... I didn't catch it the first time I saw it, but I was watching with uh, subtitles this time where when his dad is beheaded um he his dad's head in the the like last moments of its existence goes don't avenge me um and i love that they added that in because it means that like it's it's not something that his dad ever wanted for his son but it's something that he ultimately ended up doing anyways
1: yeah okay I could No 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 I was, I'm I'm processing what you're saying. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um and so like I like that as you learn more about uh the samurai you don't you you can you can understand him like at any moment just kind of turning around mm-hmm. and being like I don't need to do this. And that's what Ninja is saying the whole time. He's like, "Don't go. You don't need to do this." Like it's not who you are, you don't have to be this this murder monster. Like you can just live a peaceful life. Um, and I think that like as you as you learn more about the history of the number two headband, it feels like everyone who's had it, or like a lot of people who have had it, have thought about just like trying to remove it from society.
1: Yeah, because if because if they're out there, people are constantly going to be killing each other over.
0: Right, it. Um, because. Especially at the end, you learn that there have been multiple headbands, but they're all like consolidated away, mm-hmm. um, which essentially is what created this dynamic in the first place. Like, if they were all floating, it'd be there'd be like a hierarchy, but now with just the two, it makes it a lot more complicated.
1: I want to address since we're talking about Afro and what's driving him, his motivations,
0: yeah. his journey.
1: I I want to try and put to words my experience tracking the different characters in this. So a part of part of the barrier to entry for me is uh for a lot of anime is that I'm not super jazzed about most of the characters. Uh-huh. And then also too, a lot of anime to me feels like and I think it's just because of that barrier to entry it feels like I'm supposed to be keeping track of a whole bunch of totally indistinct personalities and and almost all of them fall into one of two camps. Um, When I think of anime characters, lead characters, I think either, "Ah," or, (laughs) or, "Hmm." and honestly, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And honestly, I'm not a huge fan of either. Okay. So I really appreciate, first of all, that there's none of that in (laughs) Afro Samurai. That was great for me. And the other thing was, it felt like, there, there weren't too many core players to keep track of, but everybody was very distinct and everybody, every character felt grounded and firmly established immediately, even when there was an air of mystery about the character. They feel very singular and very, very Yeah, they're fleshed out. Right, thank you. Fleshed out in a way that a lot of anime characters never feel. Um, so I actually felt like I was able to, it felt more like, you know, watching a movie where you can actually spend time with characters Yeah. versus for me feeling like I'm, I'm on the other side of like a foot thick granite wall. Gotcha. Metaphorically. Right. That's not how I watch things. That would be
0: foolish. (laughs) I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I think that your description of the characters are very much how a lot of like weekly shonen jump stuff is like very much like a lot especially so um if you put all of the the like general male protagonists made 14 boys in a line like you, they're they're a lot of the same um and it's because a lot of shonen has been influenced by dragon ball dragon ball and later dragon ball z or whatever. Um, And so you get a lot of similar traits to that original Goku character who, that, so they're usually pretty innocent. They usually have a singular goal in mind that they're trying to get. um, And they're very, usually very loud about it. Um, And typically they have like one distinct quirk about them. So that it's like, oh man, this character is um, this character really wants to become the Hokage? And they're always acting out, and they're they're loud and telling you this thing, and they love ramen. And you're like, cool, all right. And
1: I think maybe part of the problem for me is, and especially when I'm not super keyed into it to begin with, yeah. those distinct things are frequently not all that distinct. Right. And at a certain point. I feel lost because it's become so hard for me to track who's supposed to be doing what because it all starts to blend together. Yeah. Which did not happen in Afro Samurai, delightfully.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think because uh, one, the the story was simple enough and grounded enough, even though there's all this like crazy thing, all these crazy things happening around Afro, like it's it's still a very grounded story. He has a goal in which he's trying to accomplish. And then there is a group that is trying to stop him. Mm -hmm. And they establish the group very early on. um, And each of them, since they have very similar appearance, they make sure to voice them differently and have them be very distinct in the way that they interact with the world. Like you have your classic like old priest character. You have your cowardly one. You have your one who is... Um, super big and, and always ready to kill. Um, you have one that just loves to listen to music. Um, got the one that dresses like a teddy bear,
1: the oldest of archetypes. I believe Joseph Campbell was the one who first brought to folks attention that, that yeah, dressing like a teddy bear. That's, that's
0: the fundamental element of the hero's journey. Right. Of course. Classic. Mm Um, I mean that's why return of the jedi ended with ewoks is cuz you had to get there. Yes. Yeah. You had to, you really had to earn that. Mhm. Yeah. Uh you just can't you just can't come out with the bear like straight at the beginning. Like you have to earn your way to it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a rite of passage and it's it's like, you know, uh it comes right before all your all is lost moment. It's like um it's like um, crossing the threshold, um, learning, um, meeting your bad guy, person dressed as a bear, <laughs> all is lost. And then um, you start reaching your act three pieces. Yeah. And then you move into the climax. Climax. Return home with a new something or other. Those are the <laughs> post credit scene <laughs> featuring more bear dress up. Right, um, ooh, let's talk about Gino. Yes. So Gino um, was the guy dressed as the bear. Right. Well, technically, he had a bear head, which was encasing his horribly scarred face. Yeah, he's like uh, he's Darth Vader post Mustafar. Right.
1: Uh, star wars planet talk for you nice some
0: kind of nerd it's the lava place (laughs) that's where hayden christensen was like i
1: hate you
0: (laughs) wow oh my gosh it's like hayden christensen was in this room with me
1: wow (laughs) hello i'm hayden christensen wow
0: how do you feel about sand i hate sand (laughs) is it coarse does it get everywhere
1: At the end of the fucking movie, he's just so out of it on fire. He's just like, I hate sand. <laughs> and Obi-Wan's like, You're right. <laughs> no, my nods are gone. The, um, the Emperor's like, I've got to put a helmet on you to stop <laughs> you yelling about sand.
0: It like filters. Out anything that he says. (laughs) Um, Anytime he mentions sand, it just goes (laughs) right. Like he's trying. He's like, "Help me and shit." Yeah, Um, I'm being censored. (laughs) Oh man, Um, but yeah, (laughs) I really liked. So Gino, for those who, if you haven't watched it but uh, have decided to continue listening, um, Gino is. One of the kids that uh, Afro meets when he is taken in by this sword master who essentially is gathering all these orphans because, um, you know, this is a post apocalyptic world where yeah, people he's are into orphans.
1: Some weird shit. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> um, too dark. We found the line, ladies and gentlemen. We found it. There it is. Yeah. We're not, I'm not touching it, but my feet are, are they're close.
0: <laughs> they're, they're close. Yeah, keep your hands to yourself.
1: I'm close um, enough to read the, the text that says please stay on this side of the line.
0: Uh-huh. And there's a guy like just on the other side being like, Don't do it. Don't. Just don't. Don't. I don't I don't want to have to deal with you. What? I don't I don't want to have to I don't once you're in this life, you're in it for good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, so so essentially being a bit of a, a surrogate father to all of these
0: orphans. Right. Um and he he basically was serving as the the father that Afro had lost. He's also a swordsman, he's also like caring it seems. Um but Afro is still hellbent on finding the number 2 headband, going so far as to like keep accosting bandits in order to find information about it, which keeps getting him in trouble. And his friend Gino um played by Yuri Lowenthal. Um you might know him as Peter Parker in the newest Spider-Man game. Um you might also know him as Ben 10. You might also know him as uh Sasuke in Naruto.
1: He, Not for nothing. If he's the Spider-Man from the PS4 game, yes. he is maybe my favorite Spider-Man. Oh cool. Outside of well, outside of uh Miles in Spider-Verse. Yeah. I like the I love me some Tom Holland too, but that game. That game is awesome. That game gave <laughs> me like everything that I wanted from that character. No, his his Parker's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's
0: him. Um and so he uh Gino is trying to keep uh, Afro as part of the family. Like he's still trying to he's trying to excel in his swordsmanship, but he's also trying to convince Afro that like he has a new family. He doesn't need revenge because like yo like they love him. He just they just want to be loved back. They want to. They want to. They want Afro to be part of their team, um, but unfortunately, that doesn't happen. That does because, not shake out that way. Um, well, it's it's the master's fault. Um, That's sort a little of. bit a little bit of victim blaming. Sorry, well, I think sort of. I think that the master should have. If like it feels like the master took the number two headband. So that uh, Afro wouldn't be pursuing it if because you find out that it's in the area, and then uh, by the time that Afro gets the information about it, uh, the guys are like, "Oh man, it's been taken and you'll never find it again." Uh, and so I feel like the master intended to end his revenge quest by having it and, and taking it to his grave, having it buried with his body and taking it out of commission. Um, but like it's not a great plan. No, not a great plan. Not a great plan. Um, because here's the thing. It was rumored around the neighborhood that that maybe the master had it. Okay, fine. Um, but the fact that when Afro asked about it, he was like, meet me by the tree. I'm going to fuck you up. Um, I think ultimately was like the downfall because he could have just been like, look, yes, I have it. And you're not going to get it you got to kill me and you ain't gonna do it cuz you's a bitch um or something more masterly like you know you can fight me but like ultimately you have to choose you have to choose is it is it this family or your revenge um and ultimately the choice is made for him because during their chat a bunch of people are like he's out and he has the the headband on let's let's kill him and all the kids get killed in addition to the uh well i guess Afro still kills the master, but by that point, the master was already dying and decided to let him have it anyway.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, his plan was fatally flawed in a number of, oh, this is dumb pun. Yeah, I get choice. it. Damn I love it. it. Damn it. I'm not proud. Yeah. Um, it, it was very deeply fundamentally flawed insofar as, so if he wants to retain it so that Afro can't have it, well, dude, you better literally be invincible. Otherwise someone's just going to kill you and take it. Right. Alternatively, if you live a long natural life, uh, die peacefully, and request that it be buried with you, I mean, does this world have shovels? Did shovels pass into history like tears in the rain along yep. with civilization?
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: if there are shovels, that's a bad plan. Right. If anybody finds out, oh, this old master had the headband and he took it to his grave, all right, where's his grave? Give me a shovel. Right.
0: Right. Just burn it. Right. Dude. Why is like, it
1: not being destroyed? I get I get why Afro wants it. Because yeah. that's the only way he can take his vengeance. Right. Why would literally anybody I mean look, okay, I get I get why people would want it um so that they could go and try and topple the wearer with number one and be like, you know, be a god and shit. Right. I get what would motivate that type of person but if you're the type of person that has the perspective to go oh this thing is bad and it will just feed a cycle of destruction why aren't you also clever enough to take the next
0: logical step and go burn this yeah i would have liked um and this is not me criticizing them i think the show is great as is so like i'm not being like this is how i would have done it yeah and i'm also um, not
1: sitting over here being like because he didn't do that he's dumb and the world is dumb <laughs> and afro samurai is dumb and
0: i hate it right because i mean you have to realize that it's also a piece of history so that's like almost the equivalent of like burning the decoration of independence or some shit like that decorations like decorations of independence <laughs> so much tinsel yes um so so i get it I. I but i just would have liked a scene where he like tried to burn it and it didn't happen
1: right like give it if you can if according to legend you can become a a godlike being with these things then yeah i could i could make the the leap from that to well these things can't be destroyed by mortal means right but yeah we don't get a moment like that so it's just a bad plan on homeboy's part
0: (laughs) yeah he's like i'm gonna go outside with it on my head and
1: and not for nothing right like why put it on your head why? Why then
0: advertise that you have the motherfucker? <laughs> I mean, you know, he, I, you know, I don't know, man. It was symbolic. Maybe. It's a great
1: plan if you're a decoy of some kind, right? But he wasn't. No,
0: not a crazy, not good at <laughs> strategy. Um. So yeah, and so ultimately, you, you, you see that um, everyone, every one of his orphans trying to defend him gets murdered Mm -hmm. Um, and Gino gets thrown over a a cliff or he falls over a cliff by will and declares that he's never gonna forgive Afro.
1: I like that as he's falling, he's like, I thought of you as a brother. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's the ultimate like betrayal. No, I I totally get what motivated it, you know, and it's, it's a totally acceptable line. I'm just marveling at the fact that he had the wherewithal to say it as he was, as far as he knew, Plummeting towards his death, I feel like in the same situation I wouldn't be able to do better than ah! <laughs> and and dude actually has the focus and the the inner the burning rage that sense of betrayal that he can actually get that out in what are almost certainly his last moments.
0: Right, I'd like to imagine that there's a, a deleted scene where like you see him fall into the water and then like it's his internal thoughts. His arms are like unusable and he's like bleeding out. And then he like closes his eyes slowly and goes, got him. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, that's my headcanon. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I liked that we got to the point where that situation comes to a head where the last thing standing in the way of Afro getting to the gunslinger is, and, and ultimately the gunslinger isn't even really like an issue. The, the, the big piece or the big climactic piece of this story was Afro confronting his feelings. So you get this in, in episode five, I believe, where that moment that Gino falls over the cliff, it's, it's almost implied that in order for, for sound or for Afro to, to, cope with what just happened and in order for him to cope with what is what he has to do moving forward he consolidates all of his feelings all of his emotions into this other being and so like everything that ninja ninja is saying is what you would imagine would be his internal monologue um these these moments where he's like oh man this is scary but him removing it from himself and having it be this other entity allows him to become the killing machine he needs to be mm-hmm. um and I loved I love that aspect like it I didn't I didn't even realize that ninja ninja was uh an imaginary being until he dies in the the show mm-hmm. like it never occurred to me it,
1: it occurred to me pretty
0: early because I, I keyed
1: into the fact that okay this dude is always around and he's somehow not dead yet yeah so then I went oh and the way he's moving the way he's constantly inhabiting a space just over Afro's shoulder and whatnot I was like oh okay he's there but he's not there
0: right um yeah and I I yeah but it's so well done it's very well done yeah because especially like on the second viewing you see how it influences uh Afro so there's that moment when what's when Ninja Ninja's like, "Yo, you better you got to fuck this girl or I'm going to do it." And he goes, "Go ahead." And I feel like that is his him giving into his emotions. And so like Ninja Ninja disappears because he becomes a part of Afro again. It's and he's his, uh Tyler Durden. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Nice pull. Is it? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of an obvious one. No. I don't know. I've never seen it.
1: Oh, you never seen Play Club? No. It's I've seen the end. It's I'm actually would be curious to watch it again because I'm not sure how well its general ethos would have aged for me. Um, but it's very well made. Yeah. And like it's a cool movie. It's just yeah, I don't I, I'd have to go back and look again to, to reassess my feelings on its general philosophy.
0: Yeah. I hear that the term snowflakes comes from that movie or book.
1: Uh, you are not a beautiful and unique snowflake, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's what, what the these edgelord folks attribute it to specifically, but that would track.
0: I, I believe it is, yeah.
1: Cause they take they take Fight Club at face value, I guess, and they oh, don't realize yeah. that it's sneering at
0: people like that? Yeah, a lot of people take it at face value and are just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. These are the things I want to live by. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, it's it's that's the that's the fine line with satire sometimes you satire so good people are like this is real Um, i don't think that's a problem with satire so much as with people yep sometimes you um satire so good people are
1: terrible then again it it gets a little dicey because some people will put a manifesto into the world that's just nasty and will insist that it is satire it's not
0: right Satire is not like a get out of jail free card, right? Um, like it's because a lot of it is about intent and taking uh, a concept and taking it to ex- extreme to show its absurdity. Like that's what it is, but like people don't. There's people again back to the idea of like nuances. Like the idea of something being. Satire is nuanced and it's not.
1: I feel like these folks who actually embrace the ethos of Fight Club as their driving philosophy are akin to somebody who would read um, a modest proposal and then decide, yeah, I'm gonna eat babies. He's right. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And then did it.
0: Right. I mean, well, I hear that uh babies taste the best. Tender, tender meat. Yeah. That's why
1: that dude was collecting orphans. Right. He's like, they just they just got to get a little bit older, like a little bit taller, and I can get the right cut of the the leg meat. It's a little bit longer, you know? Yeah. And in his final moments, he's like, shit, I never cooked one. <laughs>
0: Fuck. Yeah. Each time you go to a flashback, like it's one less kid. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, whatever happened to Sasuke? And you're like, I don't know. I hear he graduated.
1: He's locked in a dark room. <laughs> he's chained to the ground so he can't move. Yeah.
0: And he's like, he's... I'm I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> Mr. Tibbs. Oh man, this is dumb. This is it's a that was a very specific reference. Um, <laughs> so for anyone who didn't get that reference, it was um, a Slayer reference to one. Uh, I forget the name of the song. I want to say "Darkness in the Abyss," something like that. Um, where in the middle of the the song, a little a child is like, "Hello, where am I?" <laughs>
1: I would not have pegged you as a Slayer fan. I love Slayer. Wow! All right, yeah. you gotta you gotta hold my hand up Slayer Mountain, I guess. Okay, all
0: right. I didn't know this about you. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Um, you contain multitudes. I'm a, I'm a layered gentleman. I'm all the layers. <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a cake onion parfait. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, that sounds what? horrible. It does it though. Even
1: onion parfait by itself. that so cake parfait sounds okay. Okay. Onion cake less so Onion mm. parfait far less so And the combination just does not add up To something that seems palatable to
0: me Alright open, ma- open your mind okay? Open my
1: what now? <laughs> open your mouth <laughs> Eat this parfait That's not a parfait <laughs> That's dark Yeah It, it is dark, dark. dark subject matter on this show Yeah <laughs> That's why we're rated explicit kids it's You knew true. what you signed up for This is really your fault
0: if you think about it Look what you made us do Oh no. Oh no. Now like the last week we were like we're known as for victim blaming, so it's like, no, we are not. That is not what we do here. Oh man. Um but, but like so we we get to this to the last piece with uh the gunslinger and he's it's I feel like it becomes a different movie or a different show. How like, so. Because Before it was very much, it was, it was fairly grounded. Like this guy was trying to get to this dude and, uh, you know, he, he's fighting all these robots and, and, and androids and cyborgs, but yeah, it makes sense in the world, but you get to this place where you meet the gunslinger and he's, he's emaciated and old and he he for some reason regains some of his figure from like slurping up something on the ground and he can he can control spikes Um, and he goes on this whole big uh, tirade tirade rant whatever about how you need all the, the headbands and so like Afro's father hid that from him and so he let the headband go and never got it back um, and so now this is his time. It's his time to shine. Right. The only way to be a true God is to dress like a mummy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so like you, you, I feel like it became this other movie that was more of like a, a supernatural psychedelic drama. It felt
1: like they got to the last episode and went great work guys. But uh, is anyone else worried? This isn't anime enough. <laughs> and they broke the glass and they hit the emergency anime button and made it all way more anime than it was before.
0: Yeah. Because I feel like I I really, when I was first watching the the show, look, I, I'm going to re reorder my, my thoughts. Okay. I really liked the duel because I, one, it explained how his father was decapitated and that. Um, the gunslinger had an extra hand in his back Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like that um, that you get an explanation that like there were all these other headbands and like this is just what the world had come to and and this guy is just trying to remake the world and so it seems like it's a legitimate promise from these headbands that you could essentially become a god like the area that he enters is very ethereal Mm -hmm. so I like that they are able to pay off the demand of these headbands. I like it. I dig it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have... I think I wanted, the first time I saw it, I wanted the gunslinger to be dead. I wanted, like, even though he has the number one headband, I wanted him to just be a corpse sitting in that chair so that you could really get the fulfillment of this idea that revenge is ultimately a fruitless venture. Right.
1: And also even the pursuit of power for power's sake, right. Is ultimately
0: an empty venture.
1: Right. I and like that. Stop writing a better show. I'm
0: not, it's not better. It's stop, just different. Stop it, Tari. It's just what I, you am going to hurt
1: their feelings.
0: <laughs> it's, it's just, um, fulfilling the promise that was made in the themes. Right. And like, again, I, I totally get why they ended it the way that they did. And that like, you you they're they are specifically fulfilling this promise that like these headbands mean something. These headbands existed far and beyond the 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 reasons why people struggle on it. Like you, you understand why people kill so much to get to that point. Mm-hmm. um It's just that I think and I think that like, in the early 2000s, um that sensibility that like revenge is the answer permeated because we were in a in a very fresh post 9-11 society where like we were hell-bent on on vengeance yep very much so um turns out maybe wasn't the best tack right and so like i think that i think that modern my modern sensibility is that like revenge isn't the answer and i want the protagonist to also feel that Mm -hmm. um but I also understand why, when it was made, that is the solution that came about. Right. And also, like as, as someone following a protagonist, like the protagonist got what he wanted. The protagonist was able to go through this journey, and he fulfilled the thing that he wanted to do. Yes.
1: Uh, I can track all of that. I don't know that I have a little a little ribbon to put on top of it myself because I feel like you said it all very succinctly and yeah it's I I agree that I I I don't hold it against the show either but for me personally yes I think I would have rather seen that message internalized it's like the ending of uh, Creed 2 was very similar because much of the story is about like what kind of what are you fighting for because there are more important things to fight for than your own anger yeah and at the end he beats Drago's son by being really angry. Right. And it seems a little bit like slightly confused messaging. So that's actually what you're talking about. It reminded me of that as well. We're like, I like Creed 2 a bunch. Yeah. But yes, I feel like that would have been more emotionally fulfilling for me. Just like, I feel like, yeah, what you're describing would have been a lit, just a hair more
0: emotionally fulfilling than what we got. Right. Um, I mean, but you know, Gino still gets to, Gino comes back at, in after some time and he has all the headbands and, and, you know, he gets to try to go for his revenge too. Good for him. Good for that. Person. Yeah. Good for him. I, I hope one day his tears stop cr- falling from his eyes.
1: I hope. I hope one day we all get our revenge.
0: Yeah. You know totally. what they say: an
1: eye for an eye means eventually everything'll even out and be fine. Yep. That's what it means. <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, mostly just that I dug it, uh, like I said up top, I'm not an anime guy. I never really have been. And I have very severe doubts that I ever will be, but I found this super accessible. I dug it a whole bunch. Uh, I assume you're going to continue to put anime in front of me, which I am open to, but my request then would be if there's more stuff in this vein that isn't super rapey. Yes. That like this, this worked for me.
0: Yeah. Um, I I have some things that like may not be as well I have things that aren't as like uh gory but there's a, a, a series I think the next anime that I'm going to show you is uh the first bits of a, uh, one called Psychopaths. um the premise being that there is we we've basically developed to a society where we can predict someone's propensity for crime um, basically, by using uh, so they have these guns that uh, essentially, if you if they point it at you, it can be like you have a thirty percent chance of committing a crime.
1: So, like they weaponized the precogs from uh, Minority Report. Kinda, yeah.
0: Okay. And so um, it's a lot of philosophy and and the idea of keeping yourself um, within a certain psychological uh, spectrum in order to maintain your existence in society um it's very interesting very cool and i think you'll dig it and so i'm i'm specifically giving you anime that i think that you would enjoy
1: yeah well uh you, you got it right this time hell yeah for no i did i dug it and there's um there's a movie
0: isn't there uh yes so the movie takes place after the events of the series. It's a 100 or it's an hour and 41 minutes or so, so very short. It's called Afro Samurai Resurrection. Um I also I recommend checking it out.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you based on how I responded to the series, would you recommend that I jump into that? But it yeah. sounds like yeah, okay. All right, do it. So it's not like a situation
0: where the quality dips because they've
1: changed format or some time has passed.
0: I mean, I haven't watched it since I originally watched it and I loved the series and I loved the movie, so I'm gonna assume that it's great. They're both great, and you're gonna love it.
1: All right. Well, if I don't, y- I probably won't tell you. I it's mean, gonna be you like, you're gonna
0: hear about it, but like, yeah, I, no, you can tell me. You could be like, wasn't a fan, and I'd be like, oh, that's too bad. Well, odds are I'd I would forget. Okay. Unless
1: I, I no, react you horribly text to me it
0: immediately after, like something. Talk, I don't know
1: what it is, man. Something about this offends the fuck out of me.
0: Yeah. Or tweet it. And just so like, and just like subtweet me yeah. where it's just like, Tari recommended this thing, but fuck him. Cause I
1: hate it. I'm no, I'm going to be even more passive aggressive than that. I'm going to be like, yo, some people think that they can just <laughs> offer their opinions on what I might like. But if you're one of those, you suck in our bad and we're not okay. And then I tweet that shit out. Right. And everybody's like, it seems like he's not doing super well. <laughs>
0: But if someone wanted to look out for this tweet, where can they reach you? Oh, that was smooth. Thank you.
1: Uh, You're not going to find that tweet because I don't have the energy for anything like that. (laughs) Uh, But you can find mostly me retweeting this show, uh, occasionally some other things, at the Lex Michael. I'm also on Instagram. Awesome. the Lex Michael.
0: (laughs) You can find me at Tari J, T-A-R-I-J-A-Y-M on Instagram and Twitter. But you can find this podcast at missing outcast that's m-i-s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t-c-a-s-t that is on instagram and twitter um, you can also find us on all the podcast platforms if you have a moment go on there and uh leave us a rating a review um, we read the five stars here on the show um, if you just want to leave a rating and it's great thank you and uh, take solace in knowing that you did a did a nice solid and you made us feel good. And if you want to leave a rating that's bad, why don't you
1: come over here and say it to our face?
0: <laughs> please don't beat me up. <laughs> yeah, don't please. I'm You're scared. probably bigger than I
1: am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I'm like that one dude in the bar who was like, I really didn't expect our bluff to be called this way. <laughs> please don't kill me. <laughs>
0: They're just lining up outside your door, being like, "I heard you. I heard you wanted to confrontate." <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. It's a confrontation. So, <laughs> what we'll confrontate? What? A confrontation. Your confrontation. I'm from France. Anyways, <laughs> um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we have had a lot of fun talking about this. We want to hear what you thought about it, so feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Or hit up the missing out hotline, which is nine seven eight miss out. The number works, I promise you. Uh, so hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. So this has been the retrospective. That's introspective.
1: And now you have a new perspective.
0: Hell yeah! Hey, you might hate me, but it ain't no lie, baby. Bye bye bye. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast.
1: We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us.
0: While you're at it, Follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann.
1: I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.